Hello and welcome to the Miss Rolling Podcast. As usual, my name is Jacob Staten and as usual, I'm joined by JJ Armstrong. JJ, how are you? You know what, Jacob? I'm doing all right. I uh, The last podcast I said I was gutted at the prospect of potentially losing our manager. I was unwell, but today it's Sunday. Steve Cooper remains in the job. Feeling relatively positive about everything and I'm less ill. Not recovered, but less ill. So we're doing all right. How about you, Jacob? What more could you ask for, my mate? No, I'm, I'm really well, thank you. I've had a, I've had a good Sunday. Uh, I'm looking forward to Friday's game and uh, it's Steve Cooper's birthday. So happy happy birthday, Gaffer. Happy birthday, Steve Cooper. On that subject, uh, we've got a little video on our YouTube channel, which for all intents and purposes, or at least to us, has blown up. Um, so it's basically, it was a video I put together if the worst happened so that we could almost mourn the manager. But I thought it was actually a really fitting, uh, timely reminder to actually remember what he's done for us and the memories he's given us. Uh, and I think a lot of people seem to be enjoying it. So check it on our channel. It's called Thank You, Steve Cooper. Uh, and it will just remind you of some little bits that make him the man he is and some of his interviews and some of the words that he has spoken over the years about our club and our support, you know, are immaculate. So yeah, love, love the guy. I'd like... I'd like to apologise on behalf of JJ as well for uh, not specifying the title that it was Steve Cooper's birthday and that JJ didn't have inside knowledge that he's been sacked. So yes, a and few people, people a few people uh, panicked a bit when they saw. Thank you, Steve Cooper. Uh, I think we apologise for the jump scare, but it was meant to be a positive video. I promise you. <laughs> uh, and um, so also yesterday we had, which was Saturday, by the way. Uh, we had uh, guest vloggers who were... Jay's going to read off some names now. So Richard, uh, he took it on last minute for us. He was the first person to take on a new feature, which is a fan's view, which essentially, just to reel it off quickly, is an alternative perspective of a Forest match day from ours, as we know that our vlogs and our match day is quite repetitive. So what we want to do, be a bit of a fan's voice, give you access to games that we're only really limited to games we go to. However, with this, you get to see different experiences, different match day sort of, uh, what's the words? Rituals. Um, experiences. Experiences. And we're a diverse fan base and with that comes diverse perspectives. So um, I think it's a chance for us to showcase that on our channel. And Richard stepped up to the plate uh, alongside his mates, uh, John, Stuart and Mike, and they all smashed it. Um, I, I was really excited about the idea and to see other Forest Match Day experiences. And I don't think we could have asked for a better start from, from these group of people. I think they absolutely smashed it. So really appreciate you uh, to making the effort to film it and go as far as you have, even interviewing a bar manager in Birmingham um, and giving us access to the insight of an uh, away fan at Wolves for a big, important game that we typically wouldn't really get to see. So... Uh, appreciate that and and absolutely smashed it absolutely you know I think access to away tickets is is, is still highly contentious among, among amongst forest fans so it's it's wonderful to see four friends have such a great day um which was it's just absolutely fantastic isn't it JJ yes and add a little tidbit here for you I sent it to a mate at work who's Sheffield Wednesday fan and said check this out uh, we've got a group of people that we don't even, we've never met uh, to do this video. How good is that? 
And he basically said that he loved them all. They came across really well. And he said he don't know if he's going to get through the video without crying because they all came across as genuine mates. So maybe he's a bit over-emotional. I hope he's okay, but still, it's a positive sign. Uh, great content. And if you're interested in filming and vlogging your match day, you know, send us a message. It do, you don't have to be going to a game. It could be, for example, next Friday, the Ohio Trickies out in America are doing a watch party for the Spurs game. And they'll be filming their experience to give you an insight of how it works overseas. So drop us a message if you're interested. We'd love to hear from you and we'd love to showcase the diverse perspective of the Forest fan base. Absolutely. Now, speaking of Wolves away, JJ, we started out with seven changes, didn't we? So rather than telling you who came in, we're going to tell you who survived. And that's Murillo, Toffolo, Mangala and Alanga. You all survived, and we made a bit of a change back to a kind of a Cooper preferred uh, five-two-three or a fourth, a three-four-three with the ball. Yeah, which I think was a, although it may have looked more defensive, was probably more positive given the fact that it's, it's Cooper going back to his preferred preferred formation. And I think I think though just the general way we set up with the team that we had was was. Although it, although it was more defensive, it was more was much more of a positive place that we, we started from, JJ. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's easy to start from a more positive place when you hit as bottom as you did on Wednesday. Um, I think we're at a really low point. So I think any formation or any starting 11 you put out there off the back yeah. of that, that are what you perceive to be willing to fight for the shirt is going to be a more positive place to start. And there were certainly a few surprises in there. Uh, Koyate starting for example really surprised me um, obviously Williams came back for his first start we've got Bolly, Neocart and Murillo as a back three Turner came back in that so it was certainly an interesting lineup to read uh, wasn't too sure how to perceive it it felt very much like a last ditch effort for Cooper um, but as you mm-hmm. mentioned he's reverted back to a system that he knows is effective in allowing us to grind out points and get points. And for those that are being negative about that, like I wouldn't be, I think it shows tactical nuance because you have to grind out some results sometimes. And we're at a moment in time, we do have to do that. So it's effective. I'm sure it's not the way he'll want to play forever. I think that's the reason why we started to transition to this 4-3-3 we've seen in recent weeks. That's not effective because personnel aren't performing as intended to make that pers- um, effective so necessary means isn't it and uh, the people left on the bench you know let themselves down on Wednesday I think so I think it was a good balance of basically people that are going to fight for the shirt people that will fight for Cooper fight for the fans and that's all you can really ask for and ahead of the game all I felt I could really ask for is just the players to show up and try um, and yep. I, I did feel like this was the right uh, personnel to do that. Absolutely. I, I'm sorry. If it looks like I'm checking my phone, it's because I am, because I'm just checking the Fulham West Ham score and Fulham have just scored another fifth goal. So it's, so it's, it's they beat us 5-0 and they've just beaten West Ham 5-0 as well. So I think there's a bit of context there, isn't there, JJ? Always. There's always context in the Everton team that was so embarrassing. We lost one goal to, you know, they've just beaten Newcastle. Uh, uh, beating Chelsea 2 0 right now. Currently beating Chelsea. You know, there's these results happen uh, in football. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they've happened in consecutive games for Forest. Just spat all over myself. Sorry if you saw that. Uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, it, it, you know, like I say, it's, it's come consecutively for us. But 
you know, sometimes these results get put into perspective when you look at how good some other clubs are at the minute. Yeah, yeah. And I think we, we started the game against Wolves really well. Um, it was it was quite 50-50. I think it's a pattern that a lot of our particular, probably, probably particularly away games have, have followed this season. Uh, we got the early goal, which was, you know, you watch the goal from start to finish, it was absolutely fantastic. The ball in from Neko Williams was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and, a, and a you know great attacking prowess from Toffolo at the back post getting in exactly what Cooper wants his his left wing backs to do isn't it um, and then we do that thing where we just sit back and invite them in and although it looked like we defended that for a long while they then equalised which which in my opinion was a really good goal apart from the fact that Nekate didn't track Cunha as he as he moved back through the box. Uh, which I think could have avoided the goal altogether, but I don't think it detracts from the fact it's a good goal. It's a good goal, certainly. Um, I think the key word there, once again, is avoidable. Um, mm. or at least avoidable in the in the fact that if you're willing to track your runner uh, and not let Kuna sort of go unmarked, then yep. you know it gives us a better chance of stopping that being a goal. Um, so avoidable goals just seems to be the theme currently. But yep. you know what? It was it was still a good goal. It was a good team goal. Well worked. Uh, they had to get for a lot of Forest players to do so, um, as we were quite backloaded at that time. But I think that's a, a good point that you mentioned of the classic Forest way of we score a goal and then we sit back because mm. I can't for the life of me work out why we do that because I just feel I know it's you know you can balance it either way, but just if you go for another. And then sit back, you might be all right. But just inviting the pressure and being willing to defend for, you know, 70, 60 minutes, I think, Mm. you know, the pressure is going to increase. And I don't think we did defend for that long. I think we eventually got back into it in the second half. But you give yourself work to do when you're sitting back um, and just allowing them to sort of come at you. And it has worked in the past. We've seen it work in the past. It certainly isn't enjoyable to watch. But I guess needs must at this moment in time. Had yeah, I, I think I, I think we have we have to when we get the ball back, we have to use it almost surgically. We have to we have to use it really well because we're going to only going to have it for a, a, a kind of a nominal amount of time. And I think that that's kind of really pressed home with the uh, Anthony Alanga not not squaring it to Morgan as well. And in my opinion, he is fouled by Craig Dawson as he goes to, tries to go down the line. So. I think I'll let him off a little bit with that, but he definitely should have squared it to, to Gibbs White in the centre. Um, but we, we need to, so when we get the ball back, we need to be really precise in what we want to do. Everybody needs to know where they need to be. And that's maybe what we were lacking in the first half, especially as after we after we scored. Um, but I think the second half, uh, we, we, we came out, sorry, you've just made a note, you made a note as well about Kiwate got booked, didn't he, after Cunha scored for descent, which is, which is which is quite silly, especially you have got to consider he's got to tie, walk a tightrope for the rest of the game, but for re- just a really silly reason. Um, First off, I thought Coyote was having a great game, so him mm, getting a book in mm. that early for something a bit silly was frustrating because I I thought you know if he changes his game in any way or does walk a tightrope so to speak, then you mm. know he's less effective. For some reason, he didn't walk the tightrope. I think he was like a bull in a china shop. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I think it was quite lucky on some occasions um, but Poyate I thought was having a great game and I, I'm very surprised at the start of the game to see his name 
but credit where credit's due, he really battled, really put in a, an excellent performance despite the yellow card. Um, but he didn't change his game. He was really effective and really good. And he did have a chance just on the stroke of half time where he won the ball back, uh, hit it straight at the keeper. And I think, you know, you get anyone else on the end of that and it could be a second. But if you, if you reflect on the overall first half and you reflect on the fact that we went 1-0 up with a fantastic goal, lovely ball from Nico Williams. Obviously, they uh-huh. get back into it. But if you reflect on the chances of the first half, had Alanga passed the ball and not tried to beat his man, had Koyate buried that, you know, that's two really good chances there. So in terms of the chances of the first half, they were certainly Forest. So whilst we might say the first half was a bit pre- precarious, I'd, I think maybe we slightly edged it. But both teams looked as likely to, you know, score more goals and possibly take the game by the scruff of the net than the other. Like, I think it was quite finely balanced. And I think a draw at half time, probably a fair result, but certainly could have been different for us had we uh, put those two chances away. Yeah, I think the, the defending, I think it was Craig Dawson who's, um, so when Kuwate wins the ball back, he did a really good piece of defending where he doesn't commit either way. He kind of just, he drifts inside towards Kuwate's path. If he'd have stepped up, Kuwate could have knocked it past him. If he steps back, Kuwate can take the touch. And I think that just puts him off because he's caught in two minds. Also, you know, he's not a particularly attacking midfielder either, is he? But I think he just gets caught in two minds because that really nice piece of defending from Dawson as well. And how, how did your nerves hold up in the, in the halftime interval? Obviously, a lot riding on this game pre, <laughs> pre-match. Were you concerned? Were you nervous? Could you see a way back in for it? I thought it was very finely balanced at halftime. I did, so after the goal, I did a lot of, well, after the goal and then we, when we came under the pressure, I did a lot of walking in and out of the kitchen because I couldn't, I, I was, it was too much to stomach. Um, but then the second half we came out and I, I thought, I mean, I'm sure the stats will show that, you know, Wolves had all the possession and that kind of thing. But I, I thought second half, we, we gave it a really, really, really good go. Um, and we're probably unlucky not to, not to snatch a win. Definitely. We had, uh, again, we had the chances of the game and, um, Alanga hit the crossbar, which was mm-hmm. obviously unfortunate, but I think he moved a bit too early anyway. So I think it would have been given offside, which is something he definitely yep. needs to look out for because you can see these runs and you can see these potential balls in behind and you can see him just yep. moving too early. So that's an element of his game that he definitely needs to work on because he's got the pace to get there as well. So he doesn't yep. always need to go as early, but hit the crossbar, was, which was a huge chance. And then obviously the main chance was the Toflo header uh, which he did very well to get there. Great effort, great ball yeah. in. Uh, such a shame that it didn't go in. But you look, yeah. you reflect on the on the back of this, and obviously it finished one one. And I think a point away at Wolves, given our current circumstance, is a great result. But you look at it, and you look at the Alanga to Gibbs White. You look at the Koyate. You look at the Alanga crossbar. You look at the Toflo header, and you think, if anything, this could have been even better. That's how fine the margins are within this. Yep. I think we look likely to capitalise on it and potentially take the three points. Just wasn't working for us. But it gives me hope and promise that even when we're potentially at our worst and people are writing us off, that we're still creating chances. Obviously, it didn't quite go in, but we're still creating chances for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, I think the Toffolo one was a bit... It's that old uh, FIFA quote, isn't it? If anything, he's hit it too well, Clive. Mm. I think he, the effort the effort he puts into getting to the ball has kind of 
come out of his body and, and put the ball over the top of the bar, if you know what I mean. If he'd maybe not tried so hard, it might have just glanced him and gone in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the rest of the half, we, we you know, we, 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 we tried, which was great to see. We absolutely tried and um, good substitutions as well. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, I, I, I've no, nothing to grumble about really, I don't think. And this is where part of me got quite frustrated and it looks like potentially for no reason, but I was just sat there. I was struggling to watch the end because I had a feeling that, you know, this is so Forest if Wolves now score. Um, we've been there before and sort of the deflation that comes off the back of that. But I was yeah. just sort of sat there in my own head thinking this is not a sackable performance. And I was concerned and worried that because it wasn't a win and because of all the media circus that had preceded the game and the narrative that had driven the game, that a draw might just still be it for Cooper and that he's still going to go. So I was, I was quite dejected watching the end of the game. I struggled to watch it just because I felt like it was still it. Uh, it was still end, yeah. the end of everything. And I felt like, you know, like I said, Wolves, if anything, could could get in there and clinch it. But I think to end it, a 1-1 is completely fine. I'll take a draw away at home to Wolves who are, a very good side under Gary O'Neill any day of the week. And what I'll take more over that is the fact that there is a group of players on this pitch that showcase that they could fight for the shirt and uh, and try. And that's all you can ask for, the players to show up. And that's why there was a lot of anger and criticism floated towards the players on Wednesday. I think that's why it was the right thing to drop a lot of them. But just the showcasing of heart uh, and tenacity from them, I think, Toflo, Williams and Coyote and Bolly in particular all showcased mm. incredible drive and an incredible heart to play for the shirt, which I appreciate. Um, so we can talk yep. about their performances and then we can talk about Steve Cooper's claps at the end because that was another another moment that sort of got me down as well. Yeah, I mean, I think performance-wise, I think for me personally, I think uh, uh, Oral Mangala was absolutely sensational. Um, he did a he did a he did a bit of work where he's pirouetted. He's done the the, the the Zidane or the Ronaldo uh, Rivaldo, whichever way you round you like to call it, uh, over the top of the ball and 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 really helps to break in the second half. And I just he's really really growing into this centre midfield role for us now. And don't get me wrong, I thought he was good last season, but I, I didn't think he'd be he'd ever get to this good, if that makes sense. Um, so that's really really nice to see. Um, and he's controlling. He's starting to control games. I think. Yes, and I think I think this is going to apply to the likes of Sangari and Dominguez as well. And when we mm. sort of voice our concerns or frustrations at Sangari, that's not to say that I don't think with time he can turn it around. He's a very talented player. We've seen it. There's a reason he is so, you know, highly wanted over Europe and various clubs wanted him. It's because he is a talented footballer and I've seen him play and he is great. It's not working mm-hmm. for him at the minute. It's a new league. It's a tough league to get into. You look at Mangala last season, and I thought he was good, but he still had his critics. A few people didn't know what type of player he actually was. He was a bit of a jack-of-all-trades, mm-hmm. master of none. That's what a few people have said. I thought he was great. But this season is another level because he's adapted to the league. It's his second season. He's going to be more comfortable, more confident. And I think he's showing that. And he's a brilliant player. And you know he can get himself out of tight spaces very effectively yeah and I 
and Sangari deserved to be dropped, I think. Dominguez deserved to be dropped, I think. They had stinkers against uh, Fulham. But that does not mean that I'm writing them off and that at some point in their future, they're going to be better. They're not going to be better, sorry. They are going to be better. They'll be better for it. This is an experience and they'll get there. And I think Mangala is testament to that, that with time, patience, and just comfortability, you, you become a better midfielder. So he's been exceptional this season. I think he's an early contender for player of the season, um, which is, you know, obviously a great attribute to have for the lads. So he played well. Uh, Toffolo and Williams sort of being our most prominent fullbacks. I never would have really guessed at the start of the season. Yeah. Obviously, this is Williams' first start. It could all change next week. Uh, it's one game, but... I think he's shown more passion and more drive in that one game than most Forest players have shown all season. So yeah. he had yeah. a, a world class performance. I think uh, world class may be too strong, but he was he was brilliant. Um, and then Toffolo, credit to the shirt. And again, something I didn't really think I'd say because I thought he came in as backup and a bit of a stopgap or a bit of a signing to help Lewis O'Brien get over the line. And the way that he's carried himself over recent weeks, the way that his family have taken to the club, the way you see on behind-the-scenes videos, the way he reacts and interacts with Forest fans, and particularly young Forest fans, I think he's a credit to the shirt. Um, we'll talk about his post-match interview after Cooper's collapse, but I think that also backs him up. So, Williams, Toffolo, Koyate, Bolly had a great game, Mangala, Gibbs-White had a good game, you know. Really strong, really pleased to see. Uh, the, the players yeah. fight for the shirt. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm struggling to think of anyone who who, who didn't play air, air quotes well. Um, if, not, if, if not standard, I, I mean, but also he's he's being asked to play up front. Um, he was a he was a threat. You know, I'm not saying he played particularly well, but he was a threat. I think Gibbs White, whilst we didn't really see the quality we want to see from him. The effort was definitely there. He was definitely playing for his manager. You know, he definitely shows a lot of love for, for Steve Cooper. But yeah, I, I you know, I can't, I, I don't think anybody deserved less than a kind of six out of 10. I don't think. No, no, no. I, 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 th- I think our language was more frustrating than bad. I don't think he was bad. Yeah. Um, he played well. It, it just, mm. you know, a few decisions weren't quite there, but, you know what? If I'll take it over the performance that some people put in on Wednesday, I'll take what Alanga did all day long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's much easier to stay on side when you're out in the wing, isn't it? Because you can look straight down the line as opposed to being up front. But yeah, it is. He he's that fast that instead of being half a yard offside, he should be half a yard onside because he can make it up. Um, but you know, if it's, if, if if him playing up front is something that's going to persist, and it's absolutely something that he needs to work on, and and, and hopefully you will, but. It'd be, it'd be interesting. I, I just, it's one of those things of if we get to January and Cooper's in charge, I'm interested to see what we do around the Taiwo situation. I mean, because obviously we'll be going to the African Cup of Nations as soon as he's fit, won't he? Or are we, well, you know, what I don't know what the circumstances are with AFCON. Like if he's injured ahead of the squad being announced and it starts, could he then, you know, play for us and not go out there or will yeah. he join halfway yeah, yeah. through? Yeah, like what's the. Same as the World Cup, exactly the same as any international tournament. Basically, we we need Tyro back. So, yes. uh, well, apparently, apparently, Anana's um, not going, is he? Because he knows that if he if he goes and United sign a replacement keeper, he won't get his place back. So he's going. Apparently, he's going to he, he's going to choose not to go. He's uh, Cameroonian, isn't he, Onana? 
yeah, choose not to go or not picked because he's terrible, whatever one you want to... Whichever one you want. Anyway, yeah. moving yeah. on. <laughs> moving on. And I think let, let's move on to uh, the, the applause at the end, Jacob, because whilst I was sat there debating whether or not this is it for Steve Cooper, you looked at your TV screen and you saw a man clapping the away end with tears in his eyes. He looked quite emotional. How did that make you feel? Uh, it, it made me feel thankful, if I'm being honest, that we have a manager that cares that much. Um, I was unfortunately at a game many, many moons ago where we lost 3-0 to Burnley when Billy Davis was in charge. And I, I think that was the real turning point. I think it was his second spell when we had Jamal Abdoon and that kind of that kind of team. Um, he went straight down the tunnel. And to get to the tunnel at Burnley, it's underneath the away fans. So he walked past us and straight into the tunnel, no claps, no cheers, no nothing. Um, and I, I just think, you know, you look at Steve Cooper and regardless of the result, he gives the same response to the fans and it's always a thank you. Um, I personally saw a manager saying thank you for the, the unbelievable support he's had, particularly over the last 10 days. Uh, JJ, what did you see? <laughs> <laughs> I think this this sh- this showcases the difference in personality, uh, the glass half full, glass half empty. Um, you saw a... a a manager grateful for the support. I saw a manager in floods of tears because it's his last ever show and that's it, game over, see you later. Uh, it's what I read that as, but I think uh, I, th- I think it's just a credit to him how much he has taken the fans in and has appreciated their support. He's never taken it for granted. Most interviews, you know, he, he attributes the fans being the people that helped them team get over the line and when I was editing the Steve Cooper video that's on our channel, you know, I was watched a lot of post-match interviews that he gave and his sort of almost like compassion for the fan base and understanding that this isn't just a game of football. It goes deeper than that. And you're not playing for him. You're not playing for the club. You're playing for the people out there that are paying money that they're going to exist before you play for Forest and they're going to exist after you play for Forest. And, you know, his recognition of that, I think is really special. And it's reciprocated as well. Like the respect goes both ways and you see a lot of, or not even a lot, you see a few people online, you know, towing the Cooper outline and being negative, 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 consistently negative. And at some point, just fucking smile and give yourself hope because it must be damaging to be that negative. And I've just talked about myself being glass half empty. Fuck me. There's no glass there for them. Uh, It must just get exhausting being that negative all the time. But that's the small minority online. The match-going fans largely are there in support of Cooper, backing him, singing his name, showing that they care for him, showing why they want him, and they've kept him in a job a few times because the respect goes both ways. So whilst I maybe misinterpreted his intentions with his emotional appearance, uh, I'm very thankful that it wasn't a goodbye. Um, and the thing that was really needed at that time for a lot of the fan base that felt the same way as me that it could be a goodbye was the interview that Harry Toffolo did. Jacob, talk to me. Yeah, he just he, he covered himself in glory, really, didn't he? And the club and Steve Cooper, um, the way he said that they're, they're going to fight for the, you know, they, they they all let him down basically against Fulham, which, you know, as you can see by today's result against West Ham is, is, isn't uh, hard to do. Um, but yeah, I think it's just the way he's come out and said it. And I, I think a lot of people have said this as well is like, you know, it's very captain material. If, if, if the rumors to believe that Joe Warren is leaving, um, he's he just, 
he, he spoke very well. He, he clearly meant what he said. He's somebody who's coming after after the promotion as well. So it's nice to hear that he's having that effect on players who are in a relegation battle as well as players who are winning. It's very easy to win hearts and minds when everything's going your way, isn't it? Um, and the other thing as well that I think Harry Toffolo did, which was really, really, really clever, probably the cleverest thing of, of his interview, you know, he may not have meant it as clever, but in my opinion it was, was the way that he also thanked uh, Mr. Marinakas for for backing the manager and the players um, to turn it around. Now, I'm not saying that he wouldn't make a decision, as in the owner, make a decision based on that interview, but if he listens to that, he's either going to be pumped up because you know a, a significant player at the club has come out and said, thank you for, for backing us, or he's going to think, oh, I'm going to look a I'm gonna look a fucking mug because he's he's saying that this was my decision type thing. So it's just it just feels like a really clever line at the end of the interview. Yeah, he he definitely covered himself in a lot of glory. It was mm-hmm. an exceptional interview, very well spoken, like you said. Um and I think, you know, you read a lot about Cooper's lost their dressing room, this, Cooper's lost their dressing room, that and that to me does not mm-hmm. come across on that. And particularly when there was another interview with Gibbs White and Toffolo on Sky Sports both laughing and joking, both saying they've got the love and back of the manager, backing of the manager. So it doesn't seem to me like he's lost a dress room. And I think it's a really honest and transparently honest interview from Toffolo there. And I think he did a great job. And I think what it's done is that's come out at the right time to just sort of quell and quash any fears of dress room being lost or the players not caring for the shirts or the manager. I think it's a really well-timed, interview that we certainly needed as a fan base at that moment so um really appreciate him for doing that off the back of another performance from him that shows that he cares for the shirt so if Warrell does go in January captain material for me 100% uh you want someone like that as a voice of a club who well represented um, and cares and is brought into the ethos of both the club, the manager and the fan base. So uh, to me, he, he think he feels captain material. He, he, he doesn't for me, but that's because I, I have, a, I have, a, I have a, a system for picking captains, if that makes sense. So, so, so I think you have to have, you, you ha- the person who's captain has to be a regular starter, has to be uh, kind of top five on the team sheet, which Toffolo isn't. Well, he is um, at the moment. And then they also, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. At the moment, at the moment, though, you know, I think if 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 somebody said in January we could have Ren and Lodi back, I don't think anybody would say no, would they? And then he's not going to be a top starter. Just, just saying. And I think the other two bits are they either have to be the best player or they have to be a leader. Now, I think Harry Toffolo is a leader. I just don't think he's a regular starter. That's that. That would be my personal qualm. Um, I look at like you know, look at Harry Kane. You know, I don't think I don't particularly see a leader, but I see somebody for England who's going to play every single game and who is probably the best player on the pitch. That's why he's captain, if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, it, it, I, I absolutely get the point. I think his performances have been fantastic. I just think there's always going to be that kind of winning, winning new fullbacks around him and Harry Toffolo and uh, Harry Toffolo and uh, Necker Williams. Sure, I, I don't have quite as an exhaustive list of criteria for a club captain. All it is <laughs> is one box that says gives a fuck, uh, and he ticks that very well. So. Him and Yates as club captains representing us. I think we could do a lot worse. Whether he is or not doesn't matter to me, but I'm just saying if he was given the armband, I think he would be a credit to that position. 
I, I think picking a club captain if if Joe Warrell leaves it is potentially a, a bit of an issue for Cooper because um, who, who do you pick? You know, it, you know. It, let's 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 just just play my game of the criteria. It has to be a regular start, and it has to be either the best player at the club, or it has to be somebody who, as you say, gives a fuck. So Morgan Gibbs White. I think Morgan Gibbs White is probably the only one that fits the appropriate categories, but. I'm not necessarily certain I see him as captain material, but I think it's an it's a it's a it's an interesting conundrum that Cooper has if Warrell leaves and, or whoever's managing, and if he survives to January. <laughs> yes, which yeah, is of course, yeah, maybe the yeah, more yeah. contentious point, but yes, but what, he has survived JJ until Friday, which is Tottenham Hotspur at home, which last season. Uh, we lost 2-0 two Harry Kane goals and I think it was a general consensus as well that it was only the fact that they had England's greatest ever goal scorer on the pitch that lost us that game because I, I, it's still one of, in, in my head it's still one of those games where I think we played absolutely fantastically um, they're, they're very they've got a, a huge amount of injuries at the minute um, I think you know I, I know for a fact you're a huge Ampostacoglu fan uh, as I am um, it's going to be. I think it's going to be a great game, and I think it's going to be a loud game. And, and and I I just can't wait. JJ, how about you? Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for it. Um, Spurs are in a bit of a weird patch at the minute, where they're very much the media darlings, and Andrew's getting a lot of media praise, but they're not doing too great. They got some results recently haven't gone their way, and they've got a few injuries, and they're persistent in their style of play, which has taken some criticism. So. I think this could be, or if we weren't in a position of looking like we're heading on a yeah. bit of a downward spiral, could be a good time to play them. But I'm sure they'll be looking at us and going, this is the perfect time to stop our rot and play uh, Forest." Now, this comes with the caveat of we're recording this just before they're about to play. So they might they're be... Just, just literally just kicked off. Just kicked they? off. So they might beat Newcastle. It, it might stop the rot, might give them a bit of confidence. You don't know. Uh, Newcastle have just lost to Everton. So, you know, these things happen. Got whooped as well. Um, Equally, Newcastle might be... At at this moment in time, we don't know the result of this game. Uh, What we do know is that, you know, they play the same way each time. They've got injuries and they play a high line. And we've played against a team with a high line in Aston Villa before. And we were really effective. We don't have that personnel available, unfortunately. Tyro isn't here anymore. But we know how to play against a team like that and we know how to be effective against that. Really know if we're going to play the same system we played against Villa or whether we're going to stick to this new or old system of having sort of five at the back. But uh, still, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think it's going to probably be quite a back and forth game. I would like to be hopeful that the atmosphere on that day because Cooper's getting one, or at least it looks at this moment in time, like he's getting one more shot at it at home game. Um, That the atmosphere is going to be phenomenal and that we're all going to be there singing in support of Cooper. So that when that happens, when Forrest's back uh, backs up against the wall, the atmosphere is rocking against what is perceived to be a big club. um, And we want to showcase our support and back in for Steve Cooper. I think sometimes special things happen in that regards. And I think these players in front of the home fans, you know, they're going to want to make up for Wednesday as well. They yep. want to 
sort of capitalise off the back of what is a more positive performance. So I think it's a great chance for us to go at them and try and get something. That positivity doesn't extend for me as far as a win. I think we might be able to grind out a draw. And I think if we did, that's a really positive result. Uh, yeah. That's how I see the game going. I think we can grind out a draw. And I just hope on, Brennan Johnson me, doesn't score. Give, give me a score. 1-1. One, one. I'm going 1-0. I'm going 1-0. Two. Because, mainly because I don't want to see... I don't want to see Brennan Johnson score, man. That'll break my heart. Um, yeah, I'm going 1-0. I, I, I just think... And it's mainly to do with, you know, they've got a lot of injuries, the way they play, how well we played against Villa. I think it'll be a very similar game to that. I think we'll still play the the three, the 5-2-3 the or the 3-4-3 three, three, uh, formation. Um, but yeah, I, I can just I can just see us snatching something with the, the atmosphere on a Friday night. You know, people have had a, an extra couple of hours drinking that kind of thing. I think it'll be I think it'll be an absolutely raucous crowd at the city ground, and I, th- I think we'll snatch a one nil win. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I've not I've got the day off work, the entire day off work. Jacob's got the entire day off work. We're going to be meeting up. We're going to be having a few jars before the game. We'll eventually mm-hmm. make our way to Poets Corner. So if you're there, say hello. The best pub in Nottingham pre-game. Um, so I think it, it's got all the potentials and all the makers of a special night under the lights. So fingers crossed yep. we can bring the atmosphere, the players can bring the performance, and we can just put all this stuff behind us, please. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you're listening for the first time, thank you very much for finding us. We really, really appreciate it, especially if... Uh, as we've had lots of uh, new subscribers and that kind of thing this week. And if you're listening for the, if you, well, if you come back again and again and again and again and again, we love you very much, don't we, JJ? We do, we do. And, uh, <laughs> go on, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> and we appreciate uh, that there are two sides of the coin at the minute, uh, but it looks to me, based off people that are commenting on videos, that one side of the coin is heavily weighted in the favour of Cooper in so appreciate reading people's comments that massively outweigh the Cooper out negative comments and keep that coming because we need to be united as a fan base at the minute Uh, there are some disillusioned I can see why I'm not saying there's no reason why they're not yeah but I I completely get the the whole I completely anybody makes the reasoned argument of we need to stop the rot I'm, I'm completely with you I just I personally as a Forest fan been burned by the merry-go-round of rubbish managers coming in and out, and I'd I'd much rather stay with this person who I think can turn us around and is better for us as a club, not just the team. And that's why I'd just like to say, keep the faith, keep the unity, ignore the ones that are just shouting at you for now. Yep. Um, and yeah, let's just show that this Forest fan base is different to other clubs by backing a manager uh, when they're in perceived trouble. So yeah, you Reds. You it.